the Gospel of John, chapter 14. We're continuing our series on the steps to revival. And we've been talking about how if we want to see revival in our church and in our community, what we need is, is make sure that we have a personal revival in our own hearts and lives. And so uh, th- there are steps or keys to revival. And one of those, one of those steps is to have um, uh, focus on our obedience to Christ. And we kind of touched on that theme before when we were talking about blessings. God wants to bless His people, and He wants to give us blessings, the blessings um, that come from the atonement of Jesus Christ, the blessings that come from His communion with us, blessings um, that, that, that are even material blessings um, that, that we need. But in order to have those blessings, we must obey God and come into obedience with Him. And I think it's the same here. Obedience and faith are the two things that, 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 that are key to the Christian life. And if we want to see revival, we've got to come into a, a more radical obedience to Christ. Beginning at verse 15 of chapter 14. John 14, 15, it says this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in, the fa- in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifi- manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask God that you would add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's your name I pray. Amen. We don't like the term obedience a lot of times because um, it, you know, it goes against our nature. It goes against this idea of our independence. From the time that we're two years old and we begin asserting our, ourselves and, and telling mom and dad no, um, you know, we're trying to... Uh, learn about our personhood. A, a child begins forming what we call sentience pretty early, the, the self-awareness of, of, of who they are. And because of that self-awareness, they, they, they want to assert their own um, independence. And that, that, that's part and parcel to what happened um, in, 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 at the beginning in the Garden of Eden. When, when Adam and Eve first rebelled and turned away from, him, from, from the Lord, and uh, they, uh, they turned to sin. They, they, they made their choice. Uh, that led to corruption of the whole world. And, and every, par- every person in the human race that's ever been born since then has this, this corruption of rebellion 
in their hearts and lives. And, and, and it's there, and, uh, and it asserts itself even early. Um, I, I hate it when I, when I see uh, parents laughing at their kids because the, of, of their rebellion and not realizing that it's not just cute. Uh, later on in life, you know, that's going to cause problems. You know, I, yeah, and I understand laughing at, at, at kids who, who disobey and talk back and, and those kinds of things because it does seem kind of cute uh, for, for them to be doing this, to try to assert their own um, you know, will over, over their parents. But parents who don't quickly squash that and quickly put their children back in line are going to be in for, for a hard life when they get older. And kids have to learn obedience when they're young. And we have to teach, parents have to teach them obedience. I've never been a parent. I've only observed what my parents did. And uh, when we got out of line, we got in trouble. And I can tell you this, there was none of this wait till your father gets home deal. <laughs> when my sister and I got into fights, um, mom made sure that she corrected us. And then we might still uh, get dad, get, when dad, dad gets home, he might take care of us again. Wasn't, wasn't none of this wait until he gets home to take care of you. I mean, my goodness. Um, and and I, um, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I, as, as a child, my, my, I, wasn't too, I wasn't too bad as far as um, disobeying mom and dad. I wanted to please mom and dad. But my problem was I, I loved to hear my sister squeal. And any time I could get her to squeal, that's the, that, was the, uh, that, that was where I got most, most trouble in was doing that. <laughs> and uh, mom took care of it you know, fairly quickly. And, uh, you know, my, my sister also knew that my mom would take care of it, so she did more squealing, that, you know, instead of taking care of things herself because she wanted uh, me to get in trouble, too. So anyway, it, it, it just back and forth, back and forth. But, you know, uh, obedience and are, it, it is important to, to any, any um, life in a family. Obedience to your parents, because most of the time, when, when, when a parent gives a rule or, or they give a command... It's, it's for your protection. Uh, there's a lot of things, you know, don't touch that stove. Don't, don't touch the hot things. Don't, do, don't, don't step out of these lines because if, if you do, you're going to get injured. Then there's also the, the, the moral commands of, of what's right and what's wrong. Don't take your sister's things. Don't, don't take money out of my purse, you know, don't, don't steal things that, that, take things that aren't yours. Don't steal stuff. You know, we're, we're in the store. You can't, you can't grab stuff off the shelf. You've got, you got to make sure it stays there. We, can't, we have to pay for it if, if we're going to... You know, all those, all those things that, that we've learned through, through our families that, that, about right and wrong, that they come from um, obeying their parent, our parents. And, and parents pass on the, those values. And, and, and they make us really know... Um, that we're part of a family. Um, one of the ways that, that um, a person who, who, who gets adopted um, you know, uh, in, in, into a family, one of, one of the ways that they know they're part of the family is because that family has structure and it has rules and a, a, a parent who has adopted a child um, you know, loves, that shows love for that child and that's how the child knows that hey, I, I can return my love by listening to them and doing what, what, what they say because now I'm part of this family, now I'm part of this structure. You know, I'm not just off of my own um, or, or, or uh, in, in whatever home I happen to grow up in or in social services system, which by the way is a very sad system to be a part of. 
from what I hear. But those who get, who get chosen for adoption, one of the ways that they know they're part of the family is, hey, we've got structure, we've got house rules. And, 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 and I'm given these rules because my, my parent loves me. We, we learn that instantly, and it's the same way with God. And, and, and all these things, really, I would say, ultimately have their, their, their um, uh, root in God and, and, and what He's um, revealed to us in His Word and what He, he has revealed to us in, in, in both nature and in His personal Word. God is showing that, hey, there is a right and a wrong, and, and you must come into obedience to this, and that this um, moral right and wrong, that, that this, this way that you are to obey... Is, is, is what's right and what's going to give you a happy life. <laughs> Even in the midst of sorrow and suffering, when you come into obedience of God's Word, you're, you're going to be led into a happy life. Things are going to go better for you. Things are going to go well for you. That ties back into blessing, what we talked about a few weeks ago. But, but if we want to see a revival in our hearts and lives, we need to become, we need to come, become radically obedient to God. We need to become radically obedient to God and His Word. And Jesus makes it clear here. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now think about all that Jesus did when He was, was, he, when he was here on earth. Think about all the wonderful things that, that Jesus showed His people. And especially the, the, these apostles and disciples who, who belonged to Him. Jesus went about teaching about God's love. And that he also taught about God's righteousness, but he went around teaching about God's love and how God was, was going to show mercy to, to his people. And, and, and not only the, the, this mercy and, and forgiveness of sins, but also in the miracles that Jesus did, he showed God's love and mercy to those who were um, the, the, the crippled, the blind. The, 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 the dumb, um, the, the, those who were, who were mute, in other words. Um, Jesus went about you know, healing them. The, the, those who had the, the diseases, especially leprosy. Um, Jesus went around showing his love to people. And then especially he displayed his love to his disciples by, by serving them. Uh, Jesus lowered himself to a servant to show how far he was willing to go for those you know, who loved and followed Him. Jesus sh showed his, his love in all that, that He said and did. He displayed love to them. But the greatest way that he, he, he showed His love, He showed love to the Father by surrendering fully to the Father's will. And, and, and that he, even, in, even in fully surrendering to the Father's will, um, you know, Jesus was co-equal, co-eternal, um, had, had all the same power as God. He had the same status as God because of the Trinity. Jesus was part and parcel to the three in one. But when He came to earth, He surrendered all that to the Father's will out of His love for His Father, for one, but also out of His love for the whole world. Jesus displayed obedience because He was motivated by His love. And as Paul said, he was even obedient unto death, even death on a cross. His obedience was radical. He took up a literal cross, an instrument of torture and, and of execution, 
and was nailed to that cross in order to die as a sin sacrifice. We talked about this a few weeks ago when we talked about the cross. All, all, all those men who laid their hands on Jesus, who grabbed Him, who struck Him in the face, who beat Him um, w with whips and, and put a crown of thorns on His head, it was as if they were like the Old Testament sinners who laid their hands on a sacrifice to pass their sins onto, him, on, onto, onto that sacrifice. The problem is, is that they, they, they were unwitting that they didn't know, that they thought that they were uh, killing someone who was um, a, a blasphemer. But, but the irony of it all was that they were laying their hands on the holy sacrifice and passing their sins onto Him, and then He suffered and died for, for those sins in obedience, radical obedience to His Father, but also in radical love for the world. And he had to do this in order for the curse of sin and death to be utterly broken. He had to do it. But he did it out of his love for his Father, surrendering to his will, and he did it out of his love for humanity. And so love and obedience are, are forever connected in Christ. If we love Jesus for what he has done for us in suffering and dying for our sins in order to undo our condemnation, if we say we love Him because of that, then, then we owe Him our allegiance, we owe Him our obedience. And Jesus says this as a reminder. You know, He, he can't force people to obey Him. But He says this as a reminder. If you say that you love Me, then you need to keep My commandments. And why is it? Because we, we need reminders of that constantly. But I, but I would argue that because of what Christ has done and because of we have accepted our sacrifice, what He has enabled us to do is to love Him. He has changed the motivations of our hearts. Remember the original motivation after the, um, after the original sin, the, the, the motivation became rebellion. Our tendency is to rebel against God and His Word. Our tendency is to disobey Him and turn to our own devices. Our tendency is, is to follow our own will and way. But the Son of God, the Son of the universe, coming and dying for our sins and then rising again to new life in an absolute display of love transforms us to love. It transforms us to love. Now, of course, that doesn't happen instantly. Um, Jesus says that He sends a helper called the Holy Spirit who comes and, and comes into our hearts and lives. That this Holy Spirit is, is, is very much God Himself. This Holy Spirit that Jesus is, is, is sending them, He said, I'm sending you another helper, is someone to encourage them, not, not just to give them comfort. Some, some, some translators will say comforter. But someone who comes in and, and intercedes for us, comes alongside of us, reminds us of who God is, and reminds us of the words of Jesus Christ, reminds us of the truth and, and transforms us to where you know, not only are we obeying Him out of fear, but because we love Him. It's just like you know, in, in families. If we, we say we, if we say we love our parents, even though our, our de heart's desire sometimes is, is to go our own way and not listen to mom and dad, if we say that we love our parents, we're going to obey them because we know that they love us. And, and what they're doing is for our good. 
Same idea. Those who are part of God's family, this is why God uses family language. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that's family language. The family of God, that's family language. Brothers and sisters, Jesus called his, his disciples. All of that's family language. If, if, if we're part of this loving family that God has established on earth, then we must obey Him as, as a child does His Father. But God doesn't leave us alone, of course, to do that. The Holy Spirit is with us to guide us and help us into that. He says the Holy Spirit will come and, and He will be in you. And He will be with you. The Holy Spirit... Is, is, is God's gift to us through the Son, Jesus Christ, a, a, after Jesus secured a redemption for us and, and, and cleansed us of our sinfulness, the Spirit comes and takes up residence within us, which is the very presence of God. And, and, and the Spirit, because of that close communion, helps us to know that God loves us and we love God. And if we say that we love God and we say we love Jesus Christ, then, then we know that we have the promise of God's helper, the Holy Spirit within us. And, and that, that shows our close communion with God. All through the Old Testament, there was this separation between God and man. Yes, God showed up at certain times and places. God showed up on Mount Sinai. God showed up in the temple or in the tabernacle as it traveled through the wilderness. God showed up in, in, in the temple. But there was still this separation. You know, you as, as, as a worshiper could not go into the, in, 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 into the holy place. Only the priest could go in. And then even the priest could not go into the holy of holies. Only the chief priest could go in once a year on the day of atonement to offer sacrifice for all the sins of the people. And, and, and God rested on what's called the mercy seat, the, the, the cover of that ark. But there was always a separation. Even when Moses was there on the mountain, only Moses could go up on the mountain. Anything else that, that, that came across the line that God drew in the sand, so to speak, around that mountain would die instantly. Only Moses could go up. So there was this, always this separation between God and man. And, and there were times even when the Holy Spirit would come upon certain people especially the prophets, to, to give them God's messages for the people. But when Pentecost come, a, after Jesus Christ suffered and died for our sins, the Holy Spirit came upon all those who believed. And God's presence was poured out upon them. And, and Jesus is the one that, that um, opened that door, so to speak, to God's presence. Re -re removed the barrier because of, of, of the atonement that He gave and then He sent His Holy Spirit to us to, to commune with us, to help us to know that God loves us, and, and to help us love Him in return. All of this is connected. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will send you another helper. Someone who will, who will do the same things that I did here on earth, but He does it in close communion with you. He does it invisibly within us. That, 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 that we, we don't see God's Spirit, but His Spirit is, is with all those who believe. And, and what we need to be able to do, if, if we, if we want to feel and, and know that close communion, that assurance of our salvation, if, 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 if we want to feel close to Jesus again, 
which I would say is part of, is, is the heart of revival, to feel close to God, God's Spirit again, who, who's within us, that then we need to allow the Spirit to work in us, which implies obedience again. <laughs> obedience and surrender to God's Holy Spirit. Obedience to His Word. We need to come to a radical obedience. Jesus said to His disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me. A life of self-sacrifice, a life of moving self out of the way, but that means coming and in, in, in putting our, li our lives in alignment with His truth. In, in, in every way that we possibly can, not because we're, we're afraid of the judgment, but because we love God and because He loves us and we want to please Him in, in, in every single way so that we can have Him in close, intimate fellowship in this life. And that's what brings revival. The mere presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of His believers is going to draw people from outside and, and, and into the church. If, if, if we get hold of this idea of a radical surrender to the Spirit, a radical obedience to God's Word, God, God will, will work in us in greater and higher ways, and, and, and it will attract the world once they see our obedience to God, our, our life of self-sacrificing love. We need, first and foremost, if we want to see our, our hearts revived within us, and if we want to see revival in our church and in our world, we first and foremost need a full surrender to God's Spirit who dwells within us. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, said that that was even a second step to salvation. First we come to understand that Jesus Christ suffered and died for my sins, and, and, and I accept that by faith. And, and, and when I do, Christ comes and he, he cleanses me, and He forgives me of all my past and present sins, and... And, and comes and sends His Spirit to dwell with me in that moment. But even as we're walking along in faith, we, we still realize that, hey, I've got, I, I've got things in my life that, that the Lord needs to take care of. I, I'm still feeling the, the scars of, of what about my old life. I, I, sometimes I still get caught up in, in those habits that I used to have. You know, if, if we're walking around a, a, a filthy world, eventually we're gonna, we might get dirty again. <laughs> So there comes a second step where we understand that, hey, I've got to give myself fully to God's Spirit and allow Him to work in my heart and life. And the moment that we do that, the Spirit comes upon us fresh and anew and, and purifies our, that inward self, the source of sin, and begins to help us to love. So we need to surrender first and foremost to the Spirit. But then we also once we do that, motivated by our love for Christ and what the Spirit has done, done through us, we need to learn the content of what we are to obey. And that's important too. And the Spirit helps us with that. Jesus said the Spirit would guide us into all truth. And, and also later on He says that the Spirit will remind, us all that, remind you of all that I taught you, Jesus said. We need to come into obedience to God's Word. And, and God's Spirit speaks most often through this Word. So we need to learn the content of obedience. What is it that we are to obey? A nice place to start for, for the Christian is the Sermon on the Mount. And, and, and learn that radical kind of righteousness that Jesus um, teaches there. One that not only avoids the, the sin of murder, <laughs> but also avoids the sin of anger. One that not only 
um, you know, wants, wants you to avoid the sin of adultery. It wants you to get rid of lust. All those, all those things, that, that radical kind of obedience and transformation can only come when we surrender ourselves to, to Jesus Christ and surrender ourselves to, to His Spirit. We can't hope to keep God's law, the Ten Commandments, on our own. We need this transformation that, that He's given us. And allow Him to work in our lives. We have to have a righteousness, Jesus said, that exceeds that of these religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees, which were teaching a works kind of salvation. He says, you've got to be transformed so much that, that you have a radical righteousness within you. But if we want to learn the content of what we are to obey, the Sermon on the Mount is a great place. The Ten Commandments are a great place. I would even say the book of Leviticus, to a certain degree, the um, sacrificial laws given in Leviticus are um, fulfilled in Christ, but the moral obligations that are there are still very important. We cannot throw out all the sexual laws that were given in Leviticus. that They're tied directly to the idea of adultery. But learning the content of obedience and asking God to help us to obey is very important. And, and we need to bring our, ourselves in line with what God has said and what God has commanded. There are too many people out there in the world today who want the good things that God offers them without obeying the one who, who's giving the, the, this law to us. There are too many people who want to live their own lives and expect God to, to, uh, to give them all the blessings in life. There, there, there are lots of young people today who think it's okay to, to, to live with someone without being married. That's putting the cart before the, ho the horse. Now God loves people and can forgive them and restore them. His invitation is not uh, just for condemnation. His invitation is, is to... Is, is to find out about God's love and blessings. If we want His love and blessings in our life, we want, we want His blessings on our future marriage, we need, to, we need to obey Him and listen to Him and follow what His Word has said. If we want to have uh, true happiness in this life, true happiness is, is, is in self-giving love. Get, giving of, of, of our time and talent and treasure to the, um, the, the work of God. However it is, I try not to get into percentages. I know that, that, that in the Old Testament it uses the word tithe, and that means 10%. And, and, and that's fine if you want to follow that as a principle. But, but, but if we're locked into that, that, that's what I call legalism. The New Testament idea is, is to give as a cheerful giver. <laughs> Whatever you can give. And you have, to, you have to decide that between you and the Lord. But that kind of radical obedience, I want to bring my life in line. I want to hold captive every thought, the Bible tells us. Hold, you know, um, I, 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 I want to just, just listen to God and follow His will and way. And, and, and if you'll come into this radical kind of obedience, um, God will show you greater and higher joys in life. God, God will come upon you and, and bless you with, with, with blessings you can't begin to contain. I'm not just talking about physical, material world blessings. I'm talking about the blessings and, and enjoyment of a relationship 
with the Holy One of the universe who pours out His love to you. It's sort of like, you know, we talked about, Jesus talked about the prodigal son. The prodigal son left everything to go live for him for his own self and lost it all. He lost all that blessing. But he, but he rejected his father. When he came back, the Lord forgave him and restored him. Too many people are, are living in a prodigal way of life, away from God, away from His blessings, away from full obedience to Him. And, 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 and if, if, if we're disobedient to God and we've distanced ourselves from God, you know, it's sort of like God is loving us from afar. If, if, if your child becomes wayward, you might still love your child, but you have to love them from afar. <laughs> if, 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 if your child decides to leave everything and not talk to you and, and, and shun you and, and, and go away and don't want, don't want anything to do with you, and, 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 and they leave home and, 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 and they, they reject everything that they, um, they were taught and how you raised them. You can only love them from afar. They can't experience your blessings. But when that child comes back and, 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 and asks for your forgiveness and, and, and they return to you and, and, and agree to come under your authority again and, and under your love and into your home again, and, and, and you forgive them because of your love for, for them and for Christ, then they can experience the blessings again. It's the same way with God. When we repent of our sins and come to Him, and, and at, Lord, Lord, I want your will and way in my life, not, not, not for me, but for thee. Then God can pour out his blessings on you again. He can pour out his love, his joy, his peace. And you can experience that. And then others can see it in your life. And that's what will bring a revival in, in your heart and in our church and in our community. Let's stand.